What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another episode of Buckeye BS. I'm here with my guys, Mike and my boy Cam. How you guys doing this Sunday morning? Doing good, doing good. I'm all right, I'm all right. Another How's your fun- weekend's been going? Anything happen? Um, no, nah, just another another weekend to get to fucking football, man. Helping folks move in this Texas heat. Definitely not fun at all, so. I hear that. I hear that. We got a ton on the schedule today to talk about, so we're going to jump right into it. Last week, we played in or out on the pod talking about some of Ohio's Ohio State's top recruiting targets. And an infamous name came up, Josiah Trader. Cam said FSU. I said Buckeye. And what seems to be the trend on this show now, we talk about a recruit he commits somewhere else. (laughs) We get off the show. A few days later, JoJo Trader commits to Miami. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on that real quick before we get started. I mean, given the situation that, you know, that we – been given uh, about his situation and and stuff like that. It's almost predictable that he was going to go to one of the Florida schools. I thought it was FSU. Um, Mario Cristobal did what he had to do, uh, made it make sense for him. And um, Miami's all excited for that purple machine to get to go to Dade County, and we'll see what's going on. But uh, for FYI, I still got JJ at Ohio State, but they are pressing to get the uh, Little Ravens from um, their uh, little league team out there, Miami Gardens, to the to the U. So let's see what's going on with that. Yeah, I wasn't too shocked at all, man. You know, uh, for some Ohio State fans thought that we were still in it. Um, so they were a little shocked. But like Cam was saying, man, he was picking between a couple, uh, you know, Florida schools. And that's what I heard. That's the, all I heard was he's not leaving Florida. So. Yeah, that one hurt. I mean, I I was holding out hope. Like I said on last week's episode, I thought him and Jeremiah were going to play together. So that brings me to my next question. Cam brings up the Ravens. They have Chance Robinson. They have JoJo Trader. Do they complete the Infinity Stones? (laughs) And do they add Jeremiah to that mix and uh, bring the Ravens back together in Miami? Do we have anything to be concerned about now that they have Chance and JoJo? Sure, with South Florida kids, you always got to be concerned, man. Like they say, you can't stop recruiting and it's never over until they sign on a dotted line, man. So it's never over. Got to keep going. But as dude said, all you can go is off of his word. He said, if hard line and day there, I'm there. So, I mean, until something change, I can only go off his word. Cam? <clears throat> Um, I don't know, man. Uh, that whole situation down there is very peculiar because the entire like environment that they're in in Miami is very unique to like Miami itself. I feel like regarding uh to the football culture and like how those kids are, and I'm not educated enough on their environment to um say for definitely that he wouldn't come or couldn't come uh basically like i mean we hear daily in the spaces of from miami about how uh rod mack or is is a mentor to all of these kids and how he has influence so 
what's his relationship like with Ohio State. I feel like that is a very underplayed thing that's going on with the JJ recruitment. Um, what's his family feeling like, Chris Smith? I mean, I see them communicating with the Miami daily, like they live in Miami. So I got JJ staying at Ohio State as as that purple as that purple machiner but i mean the zaquan patterson's and all that i don't have really that much confidence that um especially if they have a good season i mean if miami goes out there and just a stinker of a season then we're talking differently but i don't know i think the underlying desire for miami to be good and wanting to go there is in these kids that are from miami so yeah i mean like you guys touched on it i mean he's told us many times not us specifically but He's been asked the questions a million times. Is he locked in at Ohio State? And the answer has been consistent. Um, if Hartline and Ryan Day are here, he's here. So I will take his word on that. And let's uh, hope he's there on signing day because this is about to – I feel like this recruitment's about to ramp up, and I don't think Miami's going to stop fighting until the very end. So we'll see where that one goes. Last little bit here on recruiting, we have a – Potential Buckeye commitment a week from today on July 23rd. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on KVA, another linebacker in the class, Kingston via Maasa. I think I said that right. I don't know. I tried. Um, but uh, a kid out of Bosco, I believe, uh, out in California. and um, Yeah, St. John Bosco. Yeah. Uh, it would be another huge get for Laurinaitis, Jim Knowles, um, what do you? What are your guys' thoughts on him? And do you think he's a Buckeye lane for us? Um, based on what I'm hearing, um, it's I feel like he's a Buckeye lock, in my opinion, um, as of today. Um, I know that he was leaning towards Notre Dame from the intel that I was getting from the Notre Dame side, but that's kind of, kind of died uh in his recruitment so i mean i like kva uh we need we need uh more athletic linebackers that can play in space and he's, he's got good size on him um doesn't need a lot of weight room work it's just you know so looks like he can be a plug and play guy year two so i'm all for it yeah i think that'll be a big get for the buckeyes mike any other thoughts yeah man i mean apparently he had a relationship with uh, James Laranitis, when he was at Notre Dame, apparently the relationship has stayed strong ever since. So, I mean, from all indications of what I'm hearing, but I'm no recruiting expert, we're supposed to get the guy. Um, you know, I've seen some other people saying or tweeting, you know, some of our recruits that are already committed, saying he already know us home, it's already to move, people late. So, we're going to see. Yeah, that'll be a fun one to watch next week. I want to get your guys' thoughts on something else. This past week, Tennessee received their punishment for the Jeremy Pruitt scandal with their pay-for-play. <laughs> and Buckeye Nation seemed to be pretty fired up. I haven't seen much mention of Terrell Pryor in a long time. And you see the NCAA kind of come out and lay a punishment on a school and it always brings Buckeye fans out because they feel like we were mistreated with the tattoo scandal. So I just want to go over some things about the Jeremy uh, Pro punishments and uh, get your thoughts on was the, was the punishment enough 
And um, how do you think the Buckeyes would have been handled? Because I saw a lot of that was an SEC punishment. So Jeremy Pruitt, uh, violations finally passed down. 18 level one violations, over $60,000 paid to players, including George's Darnell Washington. No bull ban, 28 scholarships lost, official visits reduced, five-year probation in $8 million in fines. I think the biggest thing to note there is no bull ban. So I want to get your guys' thoughts on that punishment by the NCAA. Mike, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I think it's bullshit. And, yeah, I'm going to say it. It's bullshit. Bullshit. Um, I mean, I, I think it's crazy. I think the only reason, you know, Tennessee even got anything is because of how many violations there was because LSU, nobody even went and talked to LSU, right? So we see how it goes in the SEC. Uh, we remember uh, the front line pages of Jim Trestle and national news, national newspapers, everything, just talking about how we were cheating. It, I mean, and then to have no bowl bands. So, like, I'm of the, of the belief, like, yeah, the new coaching staff, should not be punished, right? That's coming in. They shouldn't be punished. They have nothing to do with it, right? But what happened to Ohio State? Where's the consistency at? There is no consistency when it comes to the NCAA. They out here picking and choosing. Um, I mean, it. I do like if they want. If they had it came out and said, "Hey, we've learned from the errors of our ways from the past," and then went ahead and did this, cool. But you can't just get this bit, this bullshit ass fucking uh, slap on the wrist, and then not, and then not address all the uh, BS you have done before. So before Cam jumps in there, I want to get one question, one one more question for you, Mike. What do you think would have been an appropriate punishment for these violations? Did you want a bull ban, more scholarships? What what would you have liked to have seen? Definitely a bull ban. How many years? I'm cool with the one. I'm honestly, I'm cool with the one. Like, I'm not really that harsh. My only thing is, is let's be consistent for every school, every conference. The way the media would have showed up to Ohio State is different than that's what, what the yeah, energy. That, like, that's it's, it's a whole different energy. And okay, if you want to say Ohio State's blue blood, they've been up there, duh, 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 the program might mean more or whatever. That's not what this is about. The, this is about the rules, violation rules, right? As everybody said, and Arkansas fans like to say, it was the rule at the time. So, it was the rule at the time, bro. Be consistent. Man, so listen. We all know what this is about and what it's always been about. It's all about Mickey Mouse protecting its brand, bro. That's what it's about. Disney's got a lot of resources in Tennessee. is a big program. We're going into a new era of – uh, extended playoff spots, and they want to put all the teams they can put in there, and they cannot afford to let the Big Ten catch up to them in the SEC. So all we see is that we see ESPN bury stories about UGA. We see ESPN bury stories about LSU. We see all this stuff that happens in the SEC, and like Mike said, the the energy is not consistent because that is a brand that is being protected by the – biggest media conglomerate on the planet of earth so it makes sense right 
So Jim Trestle, the tattoos and all that, that was on a a whole year press run. Like somebody got killed in the middle of West Lane Avenue, bro. Like, so we know what's going on, bro. They don't want to, they want to, they want to give them a slap on the wrist. They want to do what they got to do. That's fine. Um, the SEC needs Tennessee, whether they believe it or not. They're the next budding team in that conference, quotations. So, you know, they're, they're not going to kill it before it starts because they've been wanting Tennessee back for a long time. That's a big brand in their conference, so they're going to be protected. I want to so, ask you two a question. Good. Oh, hold on. One more thing. One more thing before I get that. And like Mike said, I don't think anyone should really be punished for the things that's happening. Like he said, it's just like the energy is just different with SEC schools versus ours. I don't really care either way. But imagine how the NCAA has changed college football, has changed Ohio State because of it, right? Um, Let's talk about should Ohio – I ask you guys, you two, should Ohio State have another national championship in their trophy case? Mm. They were 12-0. and They should have been in. See, I mean, wait, 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 wait. That's Luke Fickle's fault. I was going to wait for someone to say it. Yeah. If we didn't go to that stupid fucking bowl game the year before we play for that national championship, I mean, what was the was the punishment initially bullshit anyways? Yes, because, I mean, look what's going on now. I mean, we're talking $60,000. I mean, how much how many benefits and tattoos you think we got? I mean, how much were tattoos back then? Like, I don't think $60,000 worth of tattoos between five fucking players and we got a bull band for that. So, I mean, it's just crazy the way things have evolved, especially around this topic. And then now with NIO in a play, it's kind of goofy even giving out these fucking punishments now because it's like, what are we doing? If you're not even going to, if you're not going to give them a bull band or anything of significance, why? Like in the, in the era of NIL, you know, Tennessee has a, a great collective down there. They have tons of money. You know what I mean? They're not shy with the bag. An $8 million fine and a scholarship reduction. They're going to fucking be paying walk-on scholarships and they're going to pay that. Uh, they're going to wipe their ass with that fine. So the I, why even do it at this point? Like either have some teeth or don't. Like I, I like, like you guys all said, I don't think that we need to be over punishing people, but like, what's the point of the NCAA at this point? Like what, what are they actually doing? So when it comes to that 2012, National championship. I put that on thick. I mean, would we have won it that year? I believe so. I think we should have one in our trophy case. But I mean, I still think we had a chance at it, even with the bull ban. I think we took it in the wrong year. Cam? Yeah. I mean, we got really fucked on a national championship appearance to play Notre Dame and spank up Manti um, Tao and his ghost girlfriend. So that would have been a ghost. She was fake. (laughs) 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 Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever, man. Tomatoes, tomatoes, bro. We know that it is Buckeyes, big Buckeye business, man. Fuck everybody else. (laughs) So one thing that Mike hit on heavily when he was talking about his, uh, his uh, frustration with this penalty was the inconsistency. I just want to talk about the some recent scandal. Well, not recent, actually, because we're fucking old. But uh, some other similar scandals. We got the USC Reggie Bush situation, two-year bull ban, 
mass loss of scholarships, vacated all of Reggie's wins and took his Heisman and disassociated with him. Ohio State, three-year probation, reduction of scholarships, a failure to monitor was one of the allegations. Jim Trestle considered unethical for not reporting the conduct and a five-year show cause. I just want to circle back to the Jeremy Pruitt situation. He only got a six-year. So, I mean, this dude's giving out fucking bags of cash. <laughs> we got tattoos, and Jim got a very similar punishment. I want to I reiterate this to That's the kids crazy, in the comments why, about that Reggie Bush situation, because I'm kind of an old head, and I was outside for that. That Reggie Bush situation was like, imagine Alabama. That's what USC was to like to kids back then. Like they were like what Alabama was becoming, what is they were becoming now. They were just absolutely wrecking people. They were out in LA. They had stars and shit at their games. Like USC was fucking lit. And then they just smacked them and just killed that program. Like imagine that happening at Alabama right now over the allegations or or the things that Reggie Bush did for an extended period of time. That was absolutely crazy, bro. There'd be a cold day in hell before <laughs> Mickey Mouse let that happen. My guy Chris Drew said, man, they did have 200 violations. You'd they see had that. 200. <laughs> Who, USC? Yeah. Man, Reggie Bush, my guy, man. Shout I feel out like he Bush deserved it, bro. Reggie Bush was going so crazy. He deserved a piece of the TV contract back then. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't even think there was enough money in those bags. And it's real quick before we move on from the Reggie situation, bro. I just seen someone. I just seen a picture of Kim K and Reggie sitting courtside at a Laker game back in the day. Like, this nigga was really out here in college, bro. Bro, different. He was like that, was different, man. bro. And he yeah. accidentally started the one-arm sleeve trend, bro, against Fresno State when he got tackled on the 20-yard line and he ripped his sleeve off and had one arm sleeve. And everybody <laughs> ran with it. Literally, bro. Go, nigga. The Iverson of college football. <laughs> bro, so I want to get us into this final topic. It's the show graphic. It's the title. We're going to talk about some of the best individual matchups on Ohio State's schedule. So who are some of the one-on-ones we want to see? And I think it's probably best to start with the graphic. We got Marvin Harrison Jr. versus Kalen King in Columbus. Penn State versus Ohio State. I just want to get your thoughts on that matchup and maybe a prediction on who you think gets the better of that matchup. Oh my man, I, I think you said Marv. Marv's definitely gonna get the better of the matchup. Um, from what I've been seeing, you know, uh and Zach Smith has talked about the different things that Marv needed to work on, need to work on getting separation release off the line. And uh we saw him working with some guys on that. And I'm just saying, if Marv gets that type of separation that an Alave and that Garrett Wilson was able to get cooked. Yeah, um, I mean, honestly, like with the Marv matchup situation, it's really Marv versus the secondary because, I mean, no one's ever going to be in one-on-one coverage for Marv this season. So um, I got Marv cooking the field. We know what Marv's up to. We know what Marv's doing. Um, To make those matchups more interesting, it's going to be more 
predicated on who's on the other side of him. And uh, I'm talking about number nine getting playing time this year, but that's no mark it down. Julian Fleming, Julian (laughs) Fleming coming out party in his hometown. He's gonna make them motherfuckers feel it. All that shit that they talked about him not developing, him not delivering. Julian Fleming is gonna have his breakout game. You calling that? You call? I'm calling that. Mark it down right here. Julian (laughs) Fleming coming out party in his hometown. Isn't mm. that the shit? No, 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 it's not the shooter share. It's not, not the, the shooter share. Oh, yeah. it's not. Yeah, he went to he went to Penn State last year and didn't. Yeah, he didn't have. Yeah, Jalen Ballard coming out party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 I think it was just Marv putting the team on his back. And, yeah, Marv's going to put the team on his back. No homecoming. No co- homecoming. Cut that. Cut yeah. that. <laughs> so I want to stick with the Penn State game because I think we're going to see a lot of interesting matchups this game. How do you think Chop Robinson is going to – uh, fair against our tackles. We have a lot of questions at tackle, and I think this is going to be one of the more interesting matches. Shoot, I'm hoping by I'm hoping by that game, you know, our tackles are actually able to compete. But you know, it, in the game of football, some people are going to get their wins. Um, what I'm hoping is is our tackles get more wins than they do. So uh, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup. It's going to be a test. Uh, to let us know if we'll be able to hang with uh, that team up north, or we'll be able to hang if we make the playoffs. So it's gonna be a good matchup. Um, I was gonna, I got, a, I had an a extra matchup, uh, but I'm gonna just say one. These, these two really quick. That's very interesting. That I think needs to be just getting overlooked a little bit. Um, I want to see Jack Shore against Olu. Over there at Penn State, uh, Jack Sore has been getting a crazy rep. Like he's just not him. I don't know why, where, what was going on, but uh, the boy is a man, a machine from Franklin County, Ohio. Six one four representer. He's coming out this year. He's going to be the sack leader for Ohio State. I'm calling that. Uh, he's going to eat against Penn State. I'm I'm ready to see that. But what I really want to see, I want to see our secondary against Western Kentucky. Because that is going to let us know and the rest of the college football know if our secondary and if our defense and if our pass rush has improved because we all saw a struggle against efficient pass games last year. So we're going to see one of the best passing game coordinators uh, in college football at Western Kentucky. We're going to see one of the best receivers uh, that that they have stat-wise at Western Kentucky. And we're going to see how we react to that because we all saw Arkansas State last year we let a five foot six dude cook us for like 150 yards. We knew it was going to be a long season. So let's see what the hell's happening uh, with Western Kentucky this year. I am looking forward to that, especially being the week before Notre Dame playing Sam Hartman. So we were just talking about edges. There's a former edge that's going to be uh, appearing against us on our schedule with JJB, Javante Jean Baptiste, at. Notre Dame. So I just want to get your guys' thoughts on that matchup. Former Buckeye matching up against his teammates. Do you think he might know something, have a few moves he knows that used to work on the guys that were on scout team when he was getting reps for the Buckeyes? What are your guys' thoughts on that matchup? JJB versus our tackles. Go ahead, Cam. I mean, I watched JBB versus a lot of tackles and uh, wasn't impressed. So, uh, um, you know, I hope he does good because I always want to see, you know, kids go to the NFL, make some bread, but just not against us. I think we put them in a blender. So let's do it. I'm not really yeah. I don't I'm not really concerned about him coming out and 
in what year five, six, turn into superhuman. So, um, Josh, probably gonna have, probably gonna have everything good to go. Yeah, I think uh, the the guys that he went up against uh, old tackle is not going to be the same guys or the same caliber of guys that he's going to be going up against in this game. I mean, I remember Notre Dame having a guy with a higher upside in Fosky or whatever, and he got put in the blender all game. So, I mean, how much better is JJB going to get? I have no idea, but like as Cam said, Watched him against a lot of other tackles and watched him get put in the blenders. You bringing up Foskey uh, gave me flashbacks to the preseason spaces with Notre Dame <laughs> Robbie. Foskey this, Foskey that. Yeah. How'd that, that work out? He's going to have eight sacks in the game. <laughs> He's the best. He's the gold. The gold. The gold. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! They say he was recruited by Jim Trestle. <laughs> nah, chill, Chris. Come on, come on, nah, chill. Nah, I'll do it too, way too chill much. Out. I'll do it way too much. Chill out. So I chill got out, chill one, out. one more matchup. Uh, Tyrese Chambers, Maryland receiver, transferred in this year versus Denzel Burke. Every time I watch those Michigan highlights, I see Denzel Burke getting. It just doesn't look like he does well in contested 50-50 balls. Sometimes he gets abused there. And you got a bigger, faster, more physical receiver coming in at Maryland there. That's a matchup I'm interested to see. We hear all these great things about Denzel coming out of camp. I mean, he looks like he's in great shape. I'm expecting a bounce-back year after what some may consider a disappointing sophomore campaign. I mean, he was hurt. Um he, he showed promise as a freshman. I just want to get your guys' thoughts or your expectations for Denzel, not just in this particular matchup, but overall against more physical receivers in the Big Ten this year. I'm going to use a little bit of football talk for this. Uh, my main issue with Denzel Burke is he ain't got enough give-a-shitter for me. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, I don't understand why you get a breakup, you, play, you get a tackle, you break up a pass, and your energy is just off. Like, get your give-a-shit up. You know what I mean? Like get in a motherfucking face, like get like 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 that. Run through a motherfucker face, like flex on a nigga, like do something, bro. Like I don't like that nonchalant attitude because that shit carries in the big games, and you end up getting fucking put on a hub by Cornelius Johnson. That's See, how that happens, bro. Like come on, bro. Like, I'm get your give a shitter up. Everybody on the defense need to get their give a shitter up. See, I'm I'm I straddle the fence on this one because I'm like on one side I'm with Cam. Give your Get your what is it, Cam? Say it again. Give a give shitter. shitter. Yeah, give your give your shitter up or whatever the hell he just said. You got to get that up. <laughs> get your but give a I'm, shitter up, man. Yeah, you got to get that up. But at the same time, when Denzel's locking niggas up and he's just out there like this ain't shit. I don't care. This is what I do. I love that too. So that swag of like this is just another day for me. I'll lock up any nigga, and I don't even need to celebrate when I when I stop y'all. I like that swag, but at the same time. I could see a little more rah-rah. I'm not even going to try to fucking go with that phrase. We might need to get that on a T-shirt just so I can practice saying it. <laughs> get your give a shitter up, man. Bro, <laughs> what, what I need to see from Denzel Burke, man, I need – when the ball's in the air, I need him to act like it's his ball too, man. Uh, I see him floating and just jumping in the air but not jumping towards the ball at all um, last year. It was very weird. I've never seen someone who just jumps in the air don't touch, don't go for ball, just 
by themselves. And then come down by themselves. That was weird. Uh, so I need to see that. I need to see that dog mentality. Um, like Cam was saying, man, give a shit. Act like you care. Um, be more aggressive. Because to be honest, one thing that our DBs was, and anytime we were good, they were aggressive. That's what I need to see. Okay, so I put a question in the chat here a little bit ago and asked if uh, anyone in the chat had questions. And Big Cap made an appearance already with some bullshit, so I just want to put this up here. Marvin Harrison Jr., <laughs> four receptions, 52 yards against PSG's DB. Oh, my God, bro. What, I mean, hit me in a DM. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're not trying to uh, – we only bet on whatever betting app wants to sponsor us. But we ain't going to put that in the DMs. But, man, Gmail, I'd love to take your money on that one. <laughs> mm. So but he did have another question about that game. Who is going to have the biggest game against PSU's DBs? Jaden Ballard, if they play him. Yeah, JB. Because they're going to focus so much on Marvin, he's just going to go. Devin Smith. Devin Smith style. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like JB has a different type of speed that the Big Ten is not ready for, and uh, he's going to open some eyes this year. I mean, we heard Hartline say, didn't? Hey, Chris, didn't Hartline say that uh, in the comments? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he say he had the best hands on the team, and he was the most athletic in the wide was, receiver room? I just like, watched a spring game yesterday, and. That catch from Kyle was fucking ridiculous. The one right on the yeah. sidelines, a little right. toe-tap one-hander. He was going crazy. Chris his, had his, his one touchdown that he had or whatever that uh, Kyle McCord threw him. He wasn't even running fast. Like, he was jogging on dude. <laughs> I think that's just that long wow, We got stride. a freak athlete just cooking on a bench, bro. Like, come on. Chris has another question for us. Who's got the most give a shitter on the defense? And uh, that's a stupid question. I'm going to fucking. No, stop. Don't even say it. It's fucking Tommy Eichenberg. There's only one right answer. It's fucking Tommy. Tommy Heismanberg, the toughest fucking player in college football. I, I challenge anyone in the chat to name someone tougher than Tommy. DJ Higgs, man. You, anyone? You can't. You can see the shit in his fucking eyes, bro. You can see it in CJ Hicks. The way he plays, bro, like, I mean, just even as a true freshman from the clip that we were able to see of him, bro, but the that's way the dog that you need. That's the give a shit, bro. He didn't come in. He didn't come in like fucking Steel Chambers. Making excuses. Foaming out the mouth, man. I'm talking about them. I just feel like Jim Knowles didn't teach me the way James Laird Knight is teach me. CJ Hicks ain't do none of that. He got the goddamn job done. But he said on on the defense, like, Jim Knowles is talking like CJ Hicks is about to be a special teams captain. I saw CJ with the Steve on in the queue. I knew what time it was on Instagram. Okay. Well, someone who that we know is going to be a for sure starter. It's going to be Iggy, bro. For sure. Mike Hall. See, people been telling my DMs on Twitter that I'm too pro line. So I'm going to go with Iggy. I think that Iggy's going to be the tone setter on defense this year with the energy. It's interesting oh that you bring God, up the cornerbacks. Bro, we have another question about the corners. Is Jordan Hancock going to have hey, a breakout season? Dude. Been waiting a minute. Golly. Thoughts? Say what? Is Jordan Hancock going to have a breakout season? Been waiting for a minute. 
this this is what we have been told. We have been told that um, you know, when Fall Camp came around last year or whatever, you know, from what would happen in the spring, he looked to be very interested, looking to be fighting for some playing time. But apparently, you know, because Ohio State don't report on injuries, we did not know that the guy was hurt. I guess he missed some development. So they're saying all the good things that we heard before. So let's see if he'll be available because your best ability is availability. Kim? Mm. What? Is Jordan Hancock going to have a breakout season? Oh, <laughs> I'm like listening to Mike. I'm like, oh, shit, you're done. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, the best thing about Jordan Hancock is that he, like, from what I'm hearing is that he was he's in, he wants to be that nickel role and 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 play that slot corner role and 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 do that specifically which you don't really find because kids want to be on the outside and they want to they want to match up on the on the exits and all that. So we got a kid that wants to be in the slot and wants to do all the dirty work and, want, and it's going to be a run fitter that's going to change our defense. So if he's embracing that and if he's healthy and he's great, that's better for our defense, bro. So I think that Jordan Hancock is going to have a good year if he's in if he's in the inside. Um, I like him. Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting him to have a breakout season for sure, especially after that injury that we saw last year. He wasn't knowing that he wasn't healthy. So, and he was still effective. He was productive, but he wasn't great. But we knew what the situation was. Yeah, and I mean, we've heard talks from the coaches that they want to play three corners more than three safeties. So I think that'll give him more opportunity to get on the field than he had last year. So I think with the corners that we have, we will be in good shape. And uh, if he's healthy, I feel like he is primed to be in a position to have a breakout season. We're going to talk about one more defensive back before we get out of here. And I just want to give a shout out to my guy, Seaball, him, Chris, Dog, the rest of the guys were in there for a legendary Chrissy and Dog TV last night. So I just want to give a shout out to those guys before we jump into this question. Do we riot if Cam Martinez starts this year? I say we riot. I say we riot if he starts. It shows no improvement. That's when I think that we should riot. I mean, because, like, we we on this podcast, we talked to Gary Iron Conley, and he was talking about, hey, that Michigan State game. He remembered getting cooked, but he also talked about what he did in the offseason and what it took for him to get to that, you know, that starting level. So is it possible that he could be better? It's possible, but we need to see it. Yeah, I think he has all the athleticism in the world, and I think you framed your answer correctly because – if he improved, you're not you won't have a problem with it because I feel like you know in the back of your head, we're gonna see him trot out there with the starters against Indiana. That's why you said if he improved, you're already mentally preparing yourself. You know he's gonna be out there. You know he's gonna be out there. He's out he's out there during the biggest moments of the game, and he's a returning player. You know how this staff rolls. He's gonna be out there as a starter. So I don't know if we riot. I feel like we just uh pray and hope in the development of Perry Eliana. I mean, let's be honest. Like, like what, what, and like what, as far as optics and, per- and perception goes, um, from a serious football standpoint, why would we start him over the safeties that we have on our team? Because clearly, the 
coaches have seen enough from him in practice that they believe that he's capable or he wouldn't have been out there during the Michigan game. Okay, so we don't so we don't so we so we're valuing practice over what we see on Saturdays week after week after week. Okay. I I don't get paid two million dollars to fucking run the defense. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, you know hey, what I'm saying? Like Lil Wayne said, shout out my nigga Gucci. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I think on that, you just have to end the show, man. Shout out to Kim Martinez, man. Yeah, Best wishes. Martinez, He's a Buckeye. Man. We're trying to fucking see if this nigga right. wants to come out here and look like Revis Island with more power to him. Shout out to Make Cam sure you Martinez. Make like button. <laughs> Make yeah, sure smash that, that like button while you're at it. Button. I'm not in yeah. the studio. I don't know like how many likes we have, but there's at least that. 20-some people in here, so there needs to be at least 20 likes on this video when we hop off here. I want to sh- thank you guys all for showing up for Buckeye BS every Sunday morning. Mike, tell the people where they can find you at. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at 216 underscore wildboy. I'm outside. You can find me at I Know Things 19. Uh, and uh, sometimes I'm on, uh, what's it called on Instagram? Threads. Threads. I'm on Threads too. <laughs> yeah, you can find me on oh, there. Yeah, I'm on there too. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, Discord boys in the house. You can find us on the Discord link in the bio. Uh, Occasionally, I tweet. I'm um, two underscore T E E S two T's. You can find me on the timeline on Twitter. Um, you can find me on Twitch two underscore T's. The same thing, and on TikTok at two shices. We appreciate all you guys showing up every Sunday for Buckeye BS at ten. Hope to see you guys next week. And as the season ramps up, make sure you are subscribed to the channel because we got so much more fire for you guys coming in the next couple weeks. We appreciate you guys and see you next week. Holla, y'all.